Strike Zone. ABC Grandstand's Baseball Show. Hello and welcome once again to Strike Zone. My name's Chris Coleman. Great to have your company. And a special hello to anyone listening to us in the United States of America this week. And a very happy 4th of July to everyone in the USA. Plenty on the program this week, largely an Australian Baseball League-themed program for this week. There's a couple of teams in the ABL with change coming at the top. One of those is the Canberra Cavalry. We'll chat with the CEO of the Canberra Cavalry, Tom Carter, in just a moment. The other team where there's some change coming at the top is the Brisbane Bandits. They have a new CEO. We will reveal his name and meet him in just a few minutes here on Strokes on an ABC Grandstand Digital. Also on the way today, we will meet the man who pitched absolutely lights out in the Australian Baseball League last year, Mike Ekstrom. Where's he gone? You'll find that out. We'll also give his blog a bit of a plug as well because it's quite an entertaining read with lots of good baseball perspective in it. And before the program finishes today, it will be some more of the stuff you might have missed from the world of baseball. Now, we will do that with Warwick Petherbridge. What do you reckon is at the top of his list? Bearing in mind that he is a Cleveland Indians fan, and I am a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, and yes, the Cleveland Indians went to Los Angeles and won the series. What do you reckon is going to be the top of his list? I think I can take a guess. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me between episodes of Strike Zone, don't forget you always can do that. You can use the hashtag ABC Strike, or you can find me at CJCAU. You're on ABC Grandstand Digital. This is Strike Zone. Well, it's kind of funny how things go in cycles, not just in baseball, but also here in Strike Zone, how we get someone on one week and then they suddenly turn up on the program for a second week in a row. Uh, Tom Carter is the CEO of the Canberra Cavalry. Welcome back to the program, Tom. Uh, I say you're the CEO of the Canberra Cavalry, but you're about to take a, a bit of a leave of absence. That's right. You know, um, uh, most people know that my mother's been quite ill for just uh, just about a year, and um, I spent uh, about three weeks at the end of April, beginning of May, uh, visiting my parents. And uh, when I returned um, back to Canberra, I started talking with uh, folks at the ABL and board here at the Cavalry and, and people with baseball Canberra. And, kind of came to the conclusion that I needed to put family first here this time. And um, we were able to arrange for me to take a leave of absence and, and still be very much involved in what goes on here uh, with the cavalry, but uh, kind of take, take a, a step back and, and put my family first. So basically by this time next week, you'll be on your way back home to the States. Yeah. Yeah, I will be. Um, and uh, um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of mixed emotions because you know I really love it here. I love it. I love Canberra. I love the Cavalry. I love um, watching the league grow and watching uh, people come to and experience their first baseball games here uh, at the fort. And uh, but you know it's um, you know this is not the terms by which I wanted to leave. I, I didn't ever really want to leave. So it's one of those situations where you know I'm grateful to the league and their willingness to let me take some time. And you're saying leave there, but this is a leave of absence. The plan is that you will be back at a point to be determined in the future. Yeah, I mean, look, we're 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 currently interviewing and working with the local baseball community and local and national baseball community to find someone to um, take over as a, either in the GM position or in a CEO position uh, here with the Cavalry um, while I'm away. Um, we want to give them every opportunity to succeed and put their own flair and brand within uh, Cavalry baseball. Um, you know, we, we don't want them to be looking over their shoulder and saying, Hey, when's Tom coming back? But in the meantime, um, you know, I, I've committed to, to, you know, serve as a counselor and, and, uh, 
conciliary, as, we, as my people back in Jersey say, um, uh, and offer every advice. But, you know, it's, um, my, my plan is to fully, fully to return and, and to, to be a part of the cavalry in a, long ter- in a long-term function. I mean, it's a testament to the strength of the people you've got working at the Canberra Cavalry, and, and I don't just say that as someone who does a bit on match day for, for the Cavalry. Um, you know, that there are a lot of good people around. It's a testament that you can be comfortable in, in, in reaching this decision. Yeah, you know, look, um, Tom Vincent, who serves as our general manager of baseball operations, will easily um, handle putting together our roster with Tubby, and Tubby's a great a great field manager, great coach, and, and puts us in a strong position when it comes to the baseball side. Max Finey, who's our assistant general manager, been with us now since March, um, has the ability to, to go out there and, and work with our members and our groups and ensure that people are coming to the ball game. We have a great board. We have a great community, and it goes back well before my time here to the, the way in which this team was founded with the Let's Do a Camera campaign. And, you know, even from our sponsorship level, being able to bring in a, a new naming rights sponsor, for a long-term deal and to keep our, our past naming rights sponsor on as a major partner. Clearly, the community is committed to the long-term success of this, this organization. You know, I I'm, I'm just happen to be the guy that sat in the chair for a little while and, and, uh, and got to be a traffic cop and, and have some fun, do some dancing and do some singing along the way. And, <laughs> um, but in, in the end, you know, the, the community is really what makes this this organization great, and uh, it will continue to thrive under under anybody's leadership. And you mentioned you will still be involved, albeit from afar, to to try and take a positive out of what is. Let's be blunt, a, a, a pretty unpleasant situation for you personally. Uh, I know, again, from my involvement on Match Day with the Cavalry, that through the website you get a lot of following uh, from uh, the other side of the world, uh, the, the US, during the ABL season. Does this give you a chance to, to draw on that and bring back some of that uh, with some fresh eyes when you do come back? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of this stuff is still coming coming together and, and wait, get my feet on the ground and, and figure out kind of my role and, and how to assist my family before we we truly kind of delve into some of the, the more specific details. But I think, yeah, it gives me an opportunity to talk to some of my friends in, in the minors and the majors and to see what they're doing there and how we can um, kind of beef up our our entertainment package here and and as well as interact with our players uh, year round and you know i think that um you know baseball is such an international game we have to figure out ways to to make to make it um fun and enjoyable for our specific crowd here in canberra and we're we're constantly looking for ways to do that um and you know whether it's um you know the dirtiest car in the car park promotion that we've been doing here for years or um, you know, launching water balloons up in the air and having fans catch them oftentimes with their face. Um, you know, we've got to find new and innovative ways to entertain our fans who may not know anything about baseball but still want to come out and be entertained. And that's really our core mission. And so hopefully um, um, once I've landed on my feet and figure out how to best serve my family, um, I can come up and, and work with uh, work on some, some ideas to ensure that our, our fans are taken care of. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Tom, I'm sure on behalf of, uh, I speak on behalf of all the Australian baseball community when we say we hope everything works out well. Uh, it's a shame that you've got to go home, but hopefully things do work out well uh, in uh, what is a pretty trying time. Our, our thoughts and prayers are going with you as you head back home. Chris, I really appreciate appreciate your friendship and appreciate all you're doing for Australian baseball. It's, it's fantastic.
Tom Carter, the CEO of the Canberra Cavalry, about to take a leave of absence. We'll uh, keep in touch with him as he's away and hopefully not too long before he's back. Strike Zone. Well, it's not just Canberra where there are changes at the top. There's also changes at the top of the Brisbane Bandits now. They have a new CEO. His name is Mark Reedy, and he's with us now. Welcome to Strike Zone, Mark. G'day, Chris. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What's it mean to you to be the CEO of Bandits Baseball? Mate, uh, it means a lot to me. Um, I've been involved in baseball for over 14 years with myself and my son, uh, both playing at the uh, Windsor Royals. Um, I've been the president for the last five years there, and we've turned the club around to uh, become... Um, very successful so I hope to uh, bring some of that to the Brisbane Bandits as well What do you need at the front office end to uh, be more successful at the Bandits? Uh, I think it's more more or less opening doors and connecting the Bandits with business uh, in Brisbane something that's probably been uh, lacking in the last year um, and getting the grassroots support from uh, the, the business community in, in Brisbane And what about on the field? On the field, um, well, you know, we've been unlucky in the last few years, uh, missing out by a couple of games. Um, luck is something that um, is inherent in baseball, but we uh, want to bring a real passion and drive back to the uh, the team um, from the, the, the field up. So how do you bring it all together in, into one package and get you know, the successful areas more successful and the areas where you've needed a bit more success? Uh, how do you d- drive those forward? It's about um, bringing together uh, the team that you have to work with and um, empowering them to um, get out there and and work together and um, giving them leads and and opening doors for them to um, get their voice heard, Um, driving them all for one goal and one success, Um, and that's what I'm going to do. What's uh, the first task? first task is getting the bandit's name out there in the business community and um, to the Queensland people, uh, making sure that our brand is known. There is a, a new bandit in town, it's the Brisbane Bandits. Mm-hmm. And I've already seen some of the uh, social media action uh, on that front already, so uh, so you're really hitting the ground running a few months out from the next ABL season? We are. We, start, we started running in February, so uh, this campaign now um, has been running uh, since the season closed, uh, which will give us a better a better grounding for this season than we had last year. Last year was a state of flux in moving from the, the RNA showground to uh, Holloway Field at uh, Windsor um, and the changing of GMs um, and, and other staff members. So this year we've got a um, united team going forward. It's been in place now for um, the last four months and we've been campaigning since February. So what's the division of roles at uh, an ABL club between uh, yourself as C- uh, CEO there at the Bandit, and Jay Klein as your GM. Um, as a CEO, I'll be directing all operations, uh, financial and administrative of the uh, Brisbane Bandits on down, and uh, Jay will be the general manager running the um, administration staff for me, um, um, following the new direction. And um, I'll be introducing Jay to um, to Brisbane, something that he probably lacked last year, being uh, flown in uh, very late in the season. Um, without a chance to get out and meet people other than uh, operations um, when the season started. As you would probably be aware, um, they play a three- or four-game series every uh, second weekend, and his time was was very consumed in in the operations or the the day-to-day management of those series, so he didn't have enough time to get out and meet people, but I certainly will be introducing him around town. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. On the strike zone, talking with Mark Reedy, the new CEO of the Brisbane Bandits. Uh, Mark, the Bandits, uh, I think most people would agree, when it comes to luck, you haven't had a whole lot there at the Bandits uh, since the ABL w- was reformed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would, um, Chris. And, you know, as I said, luck is, is inherent in baseball. Sometimes you can uh, have the best team, you can have the best players, um, you can be doing everything right. Uh, a good example was the uh, Team Australia during the opening series in Sydney when they were playing the um, the LA uh, Dodgers. Um, they led the series almost to the end, I think it was the eighth innings. Um, they gave it one lucky hit, was turned into a home run, and uh, they lost the game. For the Bandits, that's uh, a similar thing, but um, bad luck might have changed. Um, I feel lucky, so hopefully that'll carry on to the Bandits. <laughs> I feel lucky. that Maybe that's the new theme song, eh? Maybe. <laughs> hey, Mark, you, you mentioned opening series, and I, I've spoken to plenty of people uh, in Sydney and uh, to a lesser extent in, in other parts of New South Wales about the impact that uh, the opening series has had. What impact has it had on the baseball scene in Brisbane? Has it caught people in the baseball community's attention and has it sparked any discussion outside the baseball community about baseball in Australia? It certainly has, Chris. It, it, it fired the imagination. I know myself when I went to Sydney, I was expecting to uh, walk into the SCG and see a baseball field on a cricket cricket park. And when I walked through the doors there, I was like walking into any baseball uh, stadium in the United States. So um, for the baseball community, uh, they thought it was fantastic. For the uh, cricket people or the non-believers, uh, the, the new people coming to experience baseball, they had a fantastic time. And I know around Brisbane, um, speaking to business leaders and politicians um, in all levels of government here in, in uh, Queensland, they were amazed. They were impressed that, uh, A, that we could host it at such a professional level, and B, why isn't, here, why isn't the next one here in Queensland? <laughs> Where would you put it in Queensland? At the Gabba. <laughs> See, they've created a model for everyone else to follow now. Exactly. There we go. And, uh, Mark, finally, what do you reckon is going to be the highlight of the next Bandits season? Well, probably the highlight um, will be making the playoffs and uh, winning the championship, Chris. Here we go. That's the right answer for a CEO in the early days in the job. Hey, Mark, thanks for talking to us on Strike Zone. All the best. We'll uh, keep in touch. That's Mike Reed. He's the new CEO of the Brisbane Bandits. Strike Zone with Chris Coleman. Last season in the Australian Baseball League, the Perth Heat had their mound graced by one of the best pitchers ever to take the field in the ABL since it was reformed. Mike Ekstrom. He went 5-1 and one with an ERA of 0.72 and it seemed to be every week that he just put out figures that we were absolutely amazed by. At the end of the season, that form was recognised when he was given the Australian Baseball League Pitching Award and I don't really think anyone could justify any argument for anyone else to have received that award. But what's he been up to since then? Well, let's find out. Mike Ekstrom, thanks for taking our call on Strike Zone from Italy. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Chris. Tell us, for uh, your legions of fans down under, what have you been up to since uh, departing Australia at the end of the last ABL season? Uh, well, I, I was lucky to spend some time back home and uh, in uh, looking for a job. The, this opportunity in Italy kind of uh, came up and it was uh, a good option to fall back on when some other things fell through. And uh, next thing I knew, I was on a plane in uh, mid-March, I think it was, to, to play in Italy. And so it's, I've been playing here. We play on the weekends. It's very similar to the ABL, uh, traveling 
around Europe early in the week and then playing games on the weekend. So it's, it's been a, made for a fun summer. I believe that uh, baseball in Italy is, uh, comparatively speaking, fairly strong. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the league is uh, it's, it's, a, it's similar to the ABL, I think, in the quality of play. Uh, the guys are much older in this league, but they're uh, they're much more veteran. There's a fair share of imports, um, and yeah, there's there's small pockets of the country where there is a dedicated, passionate fan base. The games, uh, it's pretty entertaining to see how excited the the crowds get with the umpires, the players, the the whole thing. It's it's a very unique experience. <laughs> what kind of crowds do you get for games there? Uh, it. it some nights it's not as good. Under maybe a thousand at the most, five hundred to a thousand. Uh, the stadiums are kind of hit or miss in the quality, but uh, they definitely they definitely let you know they're there. If they're not there in numbers, uh, the volume they, they more than make up for it. Okay, so who are you actually playing for? Uh, my team, we're the Rimini Pirates. Uh, it's on the northeast. It's, it's close to Venice and Bologna. Uh, and then the there's eight teams in the league, most in the northern part of Italy. There are certainly worse places in the world to be based and play baseball, hey? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the biggest beach resort uh, in Italy, and our, our stadium, it's an old, strong team, so it's, it's a pretty, pretty good setup for a summer. Now, what about travel? How far do you travel, uh, I- I- firstly, domestically within, within Italy, and then um, uh, otherwise in Europe, and what competitions is that in? Uh, well, we play in... in we, we play, there's a team up towards Venice, uh, there's a team towards Rome, which is our farthest road trip, that's about a five-hour bus ride. Um, San Marino is a small country that's ten minutes from our stadium, Bologna, Parma, they're within hours. So it's all pretty pretty condensed league, travel's really easy. Um, we were in the Czech Republic two weeks ago playing, uh, they call it the European Cup, it's like the European Club Championships where we play teams from Germany, France, um, Czech Republic and uh, somewhere else in the Ukraine. And so we played up there for 10 days, and uh, the, the winner of that tournament will end up playing in the Asia Series as the uh, European representative. So who won? Uh, well, so they, they it, it's in the, all the, the rules of the league, they have so many rules and loopholes and different things. <laughs> so we, we won, the, yeah, the, the quick story is we won our pool. Uh, San Marino won the other pool, and so we will end up playing them at a pre at an undetermined date later this summer uh, for the championships. So, so it'll be us or San Marino that is the European representative in the Asia Series next year. So you could be back at the Asia Series um, <laughs> rep- <laughs> representing we're, we're uh, Europe. Uniform. <laughs> And what happens there? You know, if if uh, if uh, your Italian club wins, that means you qualified for the for uh, for Rimini. You qualified for the Perth Heat as, as Australian champions. Um, uh, who, uh, how, how do you work that out? I I don't know. I would I suppose I'd have to call the Heat guys and see see what they said. I mean, we we did the Australian team. We did win it, so that might trump uh, whatever happens <laughs> whatever happens here in Italy. I think right. Well, because that's the other thing, of course, that uh, some people may have forgotten. You, you were a part of the Cavalry roster as, a, a, I guess, an online player last year for the Asia Series. So, <laughs> so you know what it's all about being there, too. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I don't know. It would be, it would be great to, to be with the Heat guys there, for sure. I, I would love to, to play in that tournament with those guys. It's, it's a great group in Perth. I, I love my time, and I, I look forward to seeing all those guys again.
A uh, couple of quick things. Uh, you are writing a blog for uh, uh, anyone who wants to find a bit more about uh, Italian baseball and your experiences in particular. Uh, how, how do we find that? Uh, well, yeah, I've been working on it. It's called rtwbaseball.com. Uh, I need to I need to post some stuff recently. I've kind of hit a lull, but uh, I've, I've posted some of my own personal experiences, but then also interviews with uh, some of my teammates who've played around the world. And uh, Joey Wong talks about playing in Australia and Daniel Schmidt, uh, his time in the Netherlands. And so it's just kind of been a fun hobby to kind of work on some, some skills for when I need to get a real job and then also just to keep in touch with all my friends. And how are your numbers uh, for uh, for the season in Italy so far? My my, uh, it's been go- it's been going pretty well. I think I'm my my ERA is somewhere around one, and uh, I don't know, I'm maybe like six and one or seven and one or something. In my team, we're we're playing well. Uh, we're in the mix for the championship. It's we got I think four or five weeks left, and we'll kind of kind of see what happens. Yeah, an ERA down around one. You are a freak. You know that, don't you? <laughs> well, I, 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 it's been it's been going well. I guess the. <laughs> Momentum from Australia has carried over uh, to, to the summer season, and I believe your personal life's been pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, my, regardless of my stats, I think my highlight of the year is uh, getting engaged to my then girlfriend Annie in uh, in Rome. We were in the in the Roman ruins uh, late at night, sitting on some church steps, and she said yes, and it was a uh, it's pretty pretty great uh, pretty great moment for the summer. That. There are worse places to play baseball than in the north of Italy, and there are worse places to get engaged than uh, in in the the eternal city of Rome. And, uh, Mike, we are glad to hear that things are going well. Um, Finally, for your your Perth fans, are you going to come back down under at the end of this year? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I've I've talked about it a little bit, and it was kind of on the schedule and stuff, kind of wait and see. But uh, I I hope I want to make it back to Perth. If not this coming year, then sometime in the future, right? I absolutely loved it, and I, I only say good things about Australia to to my friends and past teammates and recommending the place to people. Well, Mike Ekstrom, we only say good things about you, so uh, the feeling is mutual. Thank <laughs> you very much for talking to us on Strike Zone this week, and all the best uh, for the remainder of the season and uh, for postseason there in Italy. All right, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. ABC Grandstand's baseball show, Strike Zone with Chris Coleman. We're getting close to the end of the program again. When I say close, I mean eight or nine minutes to go here on Strike Zone. Warwick Petherbridge with some of the stuff you might have missed from the world of baseball. Not in the studio because Strike Zone coming to you from a foreign room this week. Hello there, was. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You have sent me some notes. Uh, was this actually part of the thing or were you testing something out when you went one, two, three at the top of the page? Look, Chris, there's more important things than that, friend. And, and it, it does include this. My beloved Cleveland Indians won the series against the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. But the blah, one, two, three. Blah. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, oh, go on. Tell everyone about the one, two, three. Now, you know, in this, in this, in this, uh, in this instance, one pitch, two replays, three outs. The, uh, the triple play that the Indians pulled off the other day, seven to two to four. Now, we would have shown, or we would have run some of the audio of this, but as you said there, two replays, it took some time to sort it out. Yeah, we'll know. Uh, uh, pop fly from Gonzalez to Brantley in left field. Left field to home. Brantley threw out D Gordon at home plate from third. And we've seen how fast that guy ran when he was in Australia. That's a hard feat. And then Yasiel Puig decided after the throw came in to take off the second and got thrown out at second. Now, I don't recall seeing too many triple plays for starters, but I really don't recall ever, I think, in my life, seeing a seven to two to four. 
And yes, and Cleveland, well, Puig was called safe at second. Cleveland reviewed that and he was called out. Then Mattingly reviewed the out call at home and the call stood. <laughs> you got to love it. you got to love instant replay sometimes, and especially if you're an Indians fan. I mean, let's face it, was you've had precious little to cheer about for a million years, so we'll give you that one. Uh, to be fair, in the two games leading up to that, we were one hit in two games in a row for the first time in club history. So, you know, just to balance it for you, Chris. It is amazing how fast some things can turn around in the world of baseball, isn't it? Yes, 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 it is. Now, let us talk. Let us move yes. along and talk about okay. David Ortiz. Or should I say, let us talk about Nostradamus. Look, uh, David Ortiz, I like him. I really do. But, uh, you know, when you've just won your third World Series and your club's not having a really great year, maybe predicting why other clubs aren't winning, especially when they're beating <laughs> you at your home ground, is not the thing. But this one, actually, I think, is a relative theory. He has an idea as to why the Chicago Cubs struggle so much because they play um, a limited amount of night games at home. True, they do. They play, in fact, I think Wrigley Field plays the fewest number of, of night games in the league. Yeah, well, this year is only 38 out of their 81 home games. They play at night. And, and a few years ago, it was only 18, so... Ortiz's theory of, you know, well, you know, you play a few games at home during the day and then, you know, you come out and it's night time and they, they think that, but yeah, Nostradamus. Day, night, apparently the ball gets bigger or smaller. I don't know. It, well, it, it gets, and I've spoken to numerous ball players and, and many ball players say it is harder to see the ball at night. As a batter, it's harder to pick up what the ball's doing at night. Uh, and it is, and of course, you know, if you get a real fly ball, and um, you know, sometimes it can go up into into the places where the lights aren't so bright because the lights don't necessarily provide uniform lighting up there. They provide more or less uniform lighting at ground level, but certainly at elevated levels, not necessarily so. I, I think he's just trying to provide a unique perspective on the hundred years of Wrigley Field misery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked about that about a month ago. Wrigley Field, a hundred years, just yeah. misery everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to talk about it sometimes. Does, is baseball legitimately that much harder at night or not? Uh, something to put on the list of stories we should talk about doing but never actually do here on Strike Zone on ABC Grandstand Digital. Uh, and now, was, am I right? Are we going to the odd spot now? Yes, we are. Wow, that's early. Let's get into the odd spot then. Look, I know. See, here's some balance for you. Thursday, Brian Wilson bobblehead night at Dodger Stadium. You know how much I love Brian Wilson? I do. It was one of the highlights of your life to actually get to see him pitch in person earlier this year. So, Brian Wilson bobblehead night, you don't think it can get any better, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Doc, from yeah. Back to the Future. Great Scott. He did the uh, announcement of the Dodgers lineup. Brian Wilson, huge Back to the Future fan. They got uh, Christopher Lloyd to come in and do it. The man is perfection. <laughs> there you go. See, you can make um, you can make all the movies in the world. You can be in uh, one of the films that's been listed regularly as one of the top ten or fifteen best movies of all time. But they'll still call you down to Dodger Stadium to do voiceovers from time to time. That's living, my friend. It, it is. And uh, the, the other one I have, Paul Ray's uh, pitcher, Chris Archer. Look, the Rays haven't had much to cheer about this year. Their, their, their record is pretty woeful. But they had uh, they had two things happen the other day. In for the, for the month of June, they their pitchers delivered two hundred and eighty seven strikeouts, the most ever by one team in any month in Major League history. Really? 
but they still have a horrible losing record. <laughs> you see, but, it's, it's not how many strikeouts you get, it's how many strikeouts you don't get that cause the problems. But you've got to feel sorry for Ray's righty Chris Archer. Uh, he, was, uh, he, he left the game the other night and then Joel he, with a lead. And then uh, Joel Peralta unfortunately gave up a game-tying solo home run in the ninth inning. If, 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 uh, if Peralta had held on and closed and gotten Archer the win, he would have been the first pitcher in over 100 years to win his first five starts against the Yankees. Wow. So, you know... But for, for Chris Archer, you know, he, he gets a thumbs up from me. <laughs> Good on him. By the way, I've now been informed that the 724 triple play is believed to be the first ever 724, certainly the first ever by the Indians and possibly the first ever, ever at Major League level. That's because we're amazing, Chris. There get on, go. believe. You know, we're, we're at uh, July Swagger. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is too. And happy 4th of <laughs> July to you as well, was. Let's do, uh, let's do our wraparound. Who are the players we're keeping an eye on at the moment? Well, quickly one, Tim Lincecum threw a no-hitter last week. Then came out and threw eight scoreless innings in his next start. So congratulations to him. But uh, the Rice, he did not pitch. He has an elbow injury. So he's listed day-to-day. The Hawkeye, uh, two innings last week still with an ERA of zero. So for June, one run, which was not an earned run, at an ERA of zero. The man's on fire. He is indeed. And this is all because you're following him here on Strike Zone. I'd like to think that, but probably not. (laughs) Anything else for this week, Was? No, I'm good. In that case, we will let you go. Have a good week. Thank you, sir. Talk to you next week. Okay, see you, mate. Warwick Warwick Petheridge with some of the stuff that you might have missed on baseball. You can find Was on Twitter at It's Was Time. That's Was with a W-O-Z. You can find me at CJCAU. And you can find Strike Zone next week here on ABC Grandstand Digital. Or indeed, you can subscribe to the podcast through the ABC website or through iTunes.